You know, the whole time that Kelly was doing the children's message, I was thinking, it's a good thing God didn't ask me to build an ark. There's a reason, right, Manuel, why you, you guys don't come and ask me to do the projects around here either. I'm building impaired. I don't think I could do it out of paper with instructions, Kelly. So anyway, <laughs> maybe I could. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we are here today to, to hear your word, to speak to us, to seek the assurance that we are in your hands. We ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. I want a do-over. Do you all know what that is? Remember? You know, you, you do something wrong and... Rather than have to live with your mistake, you, you ask for a do-over. You ask to do it again. Like if you're, you're playing ball as a kid and you, you're supposed to kick the ball and you missed it, and you say, I want a do-over. And they let you kick it a second time. Now, all the, when you get to be an adult, we call that something different, at least in the game of golf. In the game of golf, we call it a mulligan. Because we don't want to say, I want a do-over. See, a, a mulligan is when you're teeing off and you're trying to hit the ball in that direction and you almost kill the people standing behind you. And you say, I'm going to take my mulligan now. That means that you can hit the ball again from the tee and not have to take a stroke. Great deal. Usually they only give you one or two of those around. It's a do-over. Story of Moses, or Moses, <laughs> Noah and the ark, Noah and the flood, the story of God's do over. Remember back when God created the world, everything was wonderful? In fact, God looked at everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. It was perfect. Wasn't even anything called death until sin entered the picture. And then everything changed. And that's in chapter 3 in Genesis. And as we continue our look at the story of God, by the time you get to chapter 6, and we really don't know how much time that was, the world was a mess. Look at what he says. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth. Grieved him to his heart. And so the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. Now I know that we've kind of turned the story of Noah and the ark into a children's book into a harmless Sunday school story. Into, uh, you know, when I looked up for images, these are the kinds of things I found on Google. 
There you got it. Noah's taking all the animals for a boat ride, a, a, a floating zoo, the giraffes sticking out. There's, there's lots of pictures like this. You need to know that this is the story of the most terrifying event that has taken place in human history up to that point and up till today. This would make the story of Harvey look like a little rainstorm. This was a terrifying event. This This is a story about how serious Sin is. It's a story about God's wrath and judgment. Out of all the families on earth, God determines to save just one. Eight people. Think about that. And I want you to think of what it was like for that family in the ark. Can you imagine the worst storm in history raging outside for 40 days and 40 nights? Not only that, but the only rainstorm that they had ever seen up to that point. It had never rained before. Can you imagine as they were in their ark and they knew that their friends and their neighbors and their other relatives were all dying outside? Can you imagine what it was like inside? The noise, the smell, the loneliness. Can you imagine? Because it was more than 40 days and 40 nights they were in that ark shut up for months can you imagine them wondering how long is this going to last god have you forgotten us will we ever see land again maybe right now in the midst of covid Maybe you and I can get just a little idea of what this was like to be in that ark, to have all this happening. This is a story of trial, of living life in the midst of struggle. But you know what? It's also a story of God's grace and favor. Because here, right in the midst of all this, even as our Lord tells us of his anger over man's sin, the Bible says, Noah found favor in the eyes of Yahweh, in the eyes of the Lord. Now, that word favor doesn't mean that Noah was God's favorite. Doesn't mean that Noah was better than anyone else. Doesn't mean that he had earned anything from God. In fact, that word favor is an Old Testament word for grace. What that word tells us is God chose Noah for the same reason that he chooses you and me. Because he's gracious. Because he loves us 
even though we don't deserve it. Now, there is great comfort, a great deal of comfort in the story of God's grace towards Noah. Because you and I live in the midst of struggles, and sometimes in the midst of life, we wonder, Lord, what's going on? Are you angry? Have you forgotten? Have you deserted me? Have you you left me? Are, Are you punishing me? Is that why my child is sick? Is that why grandpa died? Is that why I lost my job? Is that why COVID 19 is happening? And and we don't just do it as individuals, we we do it as a church. I've I've heard a little bit of this this week. Since you heard that the, the crouches are leaving. What's going to happen to our youth ministry? What's going to happen to our children's ministry without them? As if God is leaving us with them. God did not leave Noah and his family. In fact, he made sure they were safe, didn't he? Put them in that ark, which I'm sure they complained about. But he kept them alive. He saved them. That's what God has done for you and me in the midst of life, hasn't he? He has taken you and me and in the midst of whatever struggle that's going on, and when COVID-19 is over, there will be another struggle. And he has put us safely in the ark called faith. Indeed, the apostle Peter even makes that connection, connects what happened to Noah and his family in the ark to baptism. Look what it says, in the days of Noah, while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you. Do you see the comfort? That even in the worst moments of life, you and I live in the assurance that God loves us, that he is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble, that he is still gracious towards us. And you know what else? During those struggles, our God in his grace, gives our lives purpose. You know that's what happened here with Noah, right? Even as God laid out for Noah what he was about to do, he gave Noah a purpose. He says, I'm, I want you to build an ark. Nobody. He says, he says, Bold, I'm going to bring flood waters upon the earth. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark. And every living thing out of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male 
and female. That is the purpose of God in Noah's life, of his grace in Noah's life. Noah was going to be the instrument of God's do-over. In Noah and his family and everything he brought in the ark, God began creation anew. Isn't that wonderful? And you know what? Like a lot of other figures in the Old Testament, Noah points us to Jesus. See, Jesus is God's greater Noah. He is God's greatest do-over. You want proof that God is gracious and loves you in the midst of life's storms? Well, look at Jesus. Look at his manger. Look at his cross. Look at his life. Look at his tomb. Jesus came, God's own son, took on human flesh and blood and got right down here in the dirt with us. And he lived life among us. In fact, he lived the life that we failed to live. And then having lived that life for 33 years on this earth, he then took it and offered it to his father on the cross as payment for our failures when he died. And then when God raised Jesus to life again, everything changed again. You know, the Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. You know, he's also the second Noah, right? Because God takes you and me and he places us into the ark that he has built in Jesus. And that ark is called the church. And by that I don't mean, that I don't mean the, the building. I mean the family of God, the people of God. Here at Fishers and throughout the world, and he puts us safe. It says that in the, in the baptismal liturgy in the new hymnal. It says the ark of the church to keep us safe through this life. And he puts us in there to take care of us because he promises that if anyone is in Christ Jesus, that is in God's ark, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. And with that deliverance, just as it did for Noah, comes purpose. You and I, in Christ, you and I are God's Noah. You and I are the instruments of God's do-over. You and I are the ones through which God invites others to know. I know at times, especially lately, it's easy to get down and discouraged, and people ask me this morning, how am I doing? And I said, I'm so tired of COVID-19, and I'm sure all of you are too. And then sometimes you think, what's the use, and why am I trying? I know some of you are worried about losing jobs and everything else coming, and what this all means. I'm wasting my time. This man before, but I couldn't help thinking about him this week. His name was John. 
I was his pastor over about three years as his wife slowly died of cancer. And at times, John was discouraged, John was despondent, John was depressed. She, I should die before her. I'm older, he said. What use am I without Anne? God had placed John in the ark. And God slowly healed his heart. And gave John a new purpose. In his 70s and on into his 80s, he became the most faithful visitor of every member of that congregation who was in the hospital. He became God's Noah, going out and inviting others who were hurting and upset and sick to come in to the ark, to know God's love and grace in Jesus Christ. Folks, there is a reason that you and I live in this time. In the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of a pandemic and riots and everything else that's going on in our nation, and it's not so we can whine and complain. God has put us here to be his Noah in the midst of friends and family and neighbors and co-workers and strangers we don't know who are discouraged and depressed and don't know where to turn. And he has put us here whom he has made safe in the ark of his love that nothing can separate us from his love. Just like we saw this morning, couldn't even stop a baptism, right? And he has put us here to bring that good news, that hope, that victory, that invitation to everyone around us to come into the one safe place that anyone can find. That is to faith in Jesus Christ. You and I are the instruments that God uses and through whom God says, in Jesus, you get a do-over again and again and again. You get an eternal do-over. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.